0: All right, what's going on, y'all? We back at it again today, starting to the podcast. And today we have a very, very special guest on the line. This guy is a really good friend of mine, a big brother, a mentor, and also a current professional basketball player who's won at pretty much every level he's played at. Two-time NBA champion with the Miami Heat. He's won championships all over Europe in the EuroLeague as well as the Euro Cup. He was named the Horizon Leagues Player of the Year as well as Defensive Player of the Year in 2011 at his college at Cleveland State University where his jersey is also now retired and also a two-time state champion at the legendary Dayton Dunbar High School in Dayton, Ohio, my alma mater as well. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Norris Cole to the podcast. What's up? What's up? What's up?
1: What's going on,
0: George? Norris? What's how up? you feeling, man? How you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good, man. I'm blessed to be here. I mean, that was a nice intro, man. It made me feel like <laughs> I did something.
0: <laughs> Man, you know you have made it. <laughs> for sure though. So right right now you uh you in France right now, right? With uh Asvel in the Euro League. Yeah, right now I'm playing in um in Leon France, Asville in the Euro League. It's um uh, you know it's evening time right
1: now, but you know, I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta be up for my man's podcast, you
0: know. Oh right, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Definitely appreciate you hopping on the podcast, man. What time is it already? About eleven thirty, right? Yep, 11.30 p.m. Yeah, no doubt, bro. Definitely appreciate you taking the time out, man. One thing about you, bro, you've always been a very stand-up, humble guy, you know, from what I can't always remember. Um, watching you play at Dunbar, um, when I had my opportunity to play at Dunbar, you've always been that way, whether it be, you know, coming to watch us play or coming to practices, feeding us a little advice, information here and there. You've always been around for some of the younger guys who, so to speak, We're trying to follow your footsteps and achieve those same things you did. Um, Talk a little bit about your upbringing in the Dayton community, as well as playing at Dunbar and eventually going off the play at Cleveland State a little bit. Yeah,
1: so I was fortunate, you know, growing up. uh, I was, you know, had a a beautiful mother, um, Mm -hmm. Diane Cole, and my father, you know, Norris Cole Sr., and my sister, you know, Deanna Cole, my other sister, Javlin Cole, and so... Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up in a a family where education was important. You know, my mom and dad stressed, you know, education. Um, We also were Mm -hmm. faith-driven, faith-driven family. Um, Mm -hmm. And then sports was just recreation at first. It was just, that's what I did to have fun, you know. Mm -hmm. It was like school, school was work, you Mm -hmm. know, and then church was mandatory always. And then, so the the only time I, you know, Get free time was you know when I completed all my chores and all my you know all my studies and stuff and so basketball and football, baseball all those things it was like recreation. And right. Like going to playing at Fairview Middle School, you know I. Just, at first I really I wasn't going to Dunbar, but in my mind I made up my mind like you know what there's no other place where you know I should be. Right. <laughs> all my uncles, my uncles, my aunties they went there. My cousins went there. So it was like it was in the family. Like I bleed blue. So. Mm-hmm. Going to Dunbar, um, it's a highly competitive school. You know, no doubt. you had all the all the all the top you know middle schoolers. A lot of them went to Dunbar from every sport: track, football, basketball. So it forced me to be. I was already naturally competitive, but mm-hmm. having elite Division One level athletes in every sport, you know, it took my competitive nature to another level and allowed me to earn my way onto varsity. Where I was able to, uh, you know, help us win two state championships and get a scholarship to Cleveland State and, you know, eventually have my jersey retired. So, you know, I had a a great experience growing up in Dayton.
0: Right. No doubt. No doubt about that at all. So we go from Dunbar High School to Cleveland State, where you had a lot of success, as you mentioned, got the jersey retired and everything um, to the Miami Heat, where you were drafted in the first round. Talk a little bit about your experience in the draft and that whole process from going to Cleveland State to Miami. You know, that
1: process was crazy because, you know, going to Cleveland State, I never even, it wasn't really known for having a a good basketball program. But Coach Waters, he had a vision. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I fit into that vision and I want to help that vision to become reality. Right, right help us to become uh, you know a household name in college basketball and we were able to do that and um I trusted the the process that he had put in place with the strength coach and with the you know assisting coaches, my position coaches and you know I worked as hard as I could mm-hmm. and when you work as hard as you can something good is gonna come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't know it was gonna be that special to where I become a first round draft pick, but you know when you when you work hard when you believe in the process, when you have faith, man, it's special. And so when I got drafted to Miami, it was like go from Cleveland State to, you know, go was to like the most famous team at the time, you know, that we was the most watched team in all the sports. So right. you know, they always say when you do when you do your work, you know, in the dark, when it's time to shine the light, you know, you'll shine and that's kinda how that was. I Cleveland State, I put in a lot of work. Not a lot of people knew who I was really. Mm-hmm.
0: But then being able to get drafted and go to the Miami Heat it was like it was like a dream come true, man. For sure, bro. The work, I mean, obviously it done paid off. Um, and it's crazy, though, because, you know, so many times, like, of course, we shared the same coaches at Dunbar. But they used to tell us stories over and over and over about your work ethic and how hard you worked, how many hours you spent inside the gym. Um, and just your passing and the drive for the game. Same thing, we had a team camp at Cleveland State where I think it was Coach Waters at the time, and he had dedicated a whole like session to just talking about you and your work ethic. You know, it definitely paid off as you played a huge role in those two NBA championships with the Heat. I'll talk a little bit about that, as well as, you know, playing with guys like Brian, D-Wade, uh, Chris Boss, Ray Allen, and how those guys inspired your work ethic a little bit even more. Well, you
1: know, most of those stories that coaches used to tell y'all about me was true, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I lived in the gym, and so, you know, when you when you put that much work in and when you really dedicate yourself to your craft, whatever your craft is, even if it's not basketball, but mm-hmm. when you dedicate yourself to your craft and you put so many hours of work in, it becomes instincts, it becomes reflexes. Right. And that's what basketball became to me. You know, I played so much and I worked and trained so much, so hard that it was just instinctual for me to play. It's just like I just know how to play. Even if I didn't try, I just, I just knew to be in the right positions. I knew you know, what plays to make. And so, when I went to Miami, it was another chance for me to learn from the best because I already <laughs> was a gym rat. Right. I already was in the gym shooting shots, getting shots up, but then I learned how to work smarter. You know, you know. You heard the phrase, work smarter, not harder. Always. But I, I learned, I learned. you know, in college, I was a great college, you know, player, great college work ethic, but mm-hmm. there's a difference from college work ethic and pro work ethic. No doubt. And that's what I learned when I you know, play with Le- LeBron and Ray Allen and D Wade and Udonis and mm-hmm. Juwan Howard. I learned how to work like a pro. Right. And so, you know, and there is a difference. There's a difference from how a college amateur athlete works and how a professional athlete works. And so I just took that work ethic and learned how to work like a pro and learn the business of basketball and learn how to compete at the highest level now. Because, right. you know, you, you have the Horizon League, um,
0: you have. No, division one but NBA championship level competition is at a whole nother level right unmatched and, man so once you put that work in and then you learn from your,
1: from your veteran teammates it just made me you know it kind of made me a very fierce competitor out there and, and I tell young players this and I'll say it here on the podcast when you see somebody who's done something that you're trying to do you know listen to that person watch that person study from that person you know, mm-hmm. don't don't be jealous. Don't think that you know it all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you should watch that person, ask that person questions, learn from them, and that's what I did when I went to Miami. I asked LeBron questions. I asked D-Wade questions. I asked Shane Battier questions. Right. I asked Juwan Howard questions. Like, I wanted to know, you know, Ray Allen, how, how do you keep your body in shape? Juwan, how did you play 19 years in the right. NBA? What right. did you do? You know, and, and when you when you ask those questions you know, they'll give you the answers. (laughs) And that's what we want. We all want the answers to the test. And so, you know, that's what I did. I learned from all of those great players and still helping me to this day.
0: Right, right, for sure. Still going strong. You know, you've been at it since 2011 when you first started with Miami. So um, I know the advice had to be good. Um, Currently in Europe right now, you've been in Europe in the EuroLeague for a while, also spent some time in the EuroCup. Um, For Hoopers out there, you know, what would you say... Is the biggest difference between playing in the NBA and playing in Europe?
1: Well, the the biggest difference and um, the big difference from Europe and the NBA is the the rules. The rules are different. Right, and right. It's only ten minute quarters instead of twelve minute quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, the players can't call timeout. Only the coaches can call timeout. Mm-hmm. There's there's no defensive three seconds. You know, in the NBA you have defensive three seconds. Mm-hmm. So that makes the the uh, offensive. Strategy and the defensive strategy is different because of the rules. Um, and some of the foul rules, they call a lot of unsportsmanlike fouls, which are not really unsportsmanlike. But, mm-hmm. you know, you just learn the rules and then you play within the rules. And that's what I did. I, I learned fast, I learned the rules fast, and then I just was able to be effective. Um, mm-hmm. The athletes in the NBA are much better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're much faster, jump much higher, much bigger. But the fundamentals in Europe, you know, guys are very fundamentally sound. Um, the shooter They shoot better in Europe Right um, When guys get open It's money I mean yeah. you have guys That shoot 50% from three For the whole season In Europe
0: sometimes <laughs> Yeah Maybe even higher than that On, on a few uh, Different circumstances <laughs> Yeah yeah So you have like Real dead eye shooters
1: um, The coaches Control more things In Europe Than in the NBA in NBA The players You know The players have a little bit more control, a little bit more freedom to express themselves on the court. And Europe is not like that. So that's the biggest difference. But for me, you know, I just keep the game simple. Mm -hmm. The whole point of basketball is to put the ball in the hole more than the other team and try to stop the other team from scoring. It's it's that simple. And so I don't don't get caught up into all the other stuff. I try to to score. I try to help my teammates to score. And I try to keep the other team from scoring. And that's how I've been able to go anywhere in the world and play
0: course gotta always keep it simple um a little bit away from basketball for a second a lot of people don't know that you actually graduated as the salutatorian of dunbar high school and your graduating class and you also got a health science degree from cleveland state um, for any young listeners out there explain the importance of being a well-rounded student athlete as well as balancing your books with basketball
1: yeah so You know, for me, I want my parents always taught me to be a complete person, right? Never to be one dimensional. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you have some aspects in life where sometimes basketball is some people's only way out, or they feel like sports is their only way out of a certain situation. Right. Um, Most times, that's not the case. Most times, you think that's the case, but Mm -hmm. you know, if you apply yourself, there's other ways to get out. But you know, I was taught be well-rounded. You know, because, you know, in athletics, anything can happen on one plate. You know, your leg, your ankle, your foot, you know, right. somebody, somebody can, you know, hit you on accident. Anything can happen. You can slip. And so you don't never want to, you know, put all of your eggs in one basket and then feel like a failure when you don't accomplish what you think you should have accomplished. So, right. you know, education, education provided that balance for me, you mm-hmm. know. I remember I was struggling in college my freshman year with, you know, practicing and playing in the games, adjusting to the college game. And my dad said, you know, stop focusing so much on basketball. He's like, you know, when you go to practice, practice. He said, but when you're done practicing, you know, focus on your studies. Give Mm -hmm. your mind a break. And so that balance in my life, I never was like overloaded on sports. Mm -hmm. I never let sports stress me out too much because I always had another part of my life that I had to work on, that education um you know my faith studying those things so yeah it made school fun too because i could i can relate and talk to anybody i could talk to the you know all the athletes exactly they, they, call, they call the jocks i could talk to all the jocks <laughs> and i can also talk to all the you know the quote unquote nerds too
0: you yeah know? exactly you're not one you're exactly. not just stuck in that one dimensional box i feel like a yeah, lot of athletes it, they don't know that either because you know as athletes especially basketball players we just we put so much emotion and passion into the game and it's i don't think there's nothing wrong with that at all but it's like you gotta have some type of breakoff point like you can't eat breathe and sleep basketball like mentally physically and spiritually 24 7 like you gotta have some type of cutoff to work on something else yeah well you know some people will say
1: that's not some people think that you should put all into it 24 7 into Mm -hmm. it and i say
0: this You give it a 100% effort While you're training While right, you're right. working But once the training And once the working Is
1: over You know You have to You have to live In real life mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day The game only lasts A couple hours mm-hmm. That couple hours Might last you For a few years If you're lucky right. To have a career But at the end of the day You still have to live In reality You still have to live In society And so that's why it's important to have that balance to be able to relate to society and relate mm-hmm. to education because most people are not going to be professional athletes. We're in the upper, we're in the one percentile. It's, it's mm-hmm. less than one percent of the population of the world that has the chance to be a professional you know, athlete. And right. so, you know, you have to have that balance in life because when, when that career is over, you know, you're going to be a, a civilian right. in society. You, and you have to know
0: how to function in society. Exactly. It ain't always about basketball 24-7. You know, sometimes, you know, you got to learn how to do stuff different, how to have a life outside of that. You know, we see you doing a lot of great things in the community within those realms with the Norris Cole Foundation. Um, What made you start that and how important do you think it is to be able to give back and help others?
1: Well, it was important to me because I know I didn't get to where I where I am now by myself. Right. I had a support system. I had teammates. I had community. I had friends. I had family, coaches, mm-hmm. teachers, tutors. Well, I had a lot of help to get to where I'm at, and so I wanted to have my foundation because I wanted to give back to to the communities that helped me. And mm-hmm. obviously, Dayton was the first place I started because that's where it all started for me. Right. And I wanted to also show that, you know, I wanted to be flesh and blood people to be able to see me in the flesh. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people watch TV and they see things on TV, but they don't know if that's really real or not because Mm -hmm. that's TV. I wanted to show my community in Dayton that I'm a real-life person that plays on TV, but I'm a real human being. I walk the same streets of Dayton, Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: know, that they walked. I went to the same convenience stores, ate at the same restaurants, went to the same schools, had the same teachers. And So I I wanted the people, the kids to know that it actually is possible to make it. Because, you know, they watch, you know, LeBron James. They watch, you know, the top baseball players, Mike Trout. They Mm -hmm. watch Serena Williams. But they don't know these people personally. Right. You know, they don't know these people personally. They, you know, they might not, can't relate to some of these, you know, God-gifted, you know, people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, me, I don't don't look abnormally tall. I'm not abnormally, you know, big in a crowd. I don't stand out or anything like that. So I just want them to know that it's okay to, "Quote unquote, look, you know, average, and you know, but still be special. Right, right. You know, it's okay to, you know, come from dating and still make it. You know, because some people, some people don't know if you can really make it. They never seen nobody with their mm-hmm. own eyes make it out of Dayton and their family and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I want to be that example. Like, yes, you can make it. You can, you can walk up and down Germantown on Route Four, but you can still graduate and." Go on to live in Miami, Florida. Like right. I wanted them to
0: know that that's possible. Right. You definitely set a real good example for, you know, anybody trying to make it out of day. And you know, it's a very tough city, very hard city to make it out of. And um you did it. So salute to you. Salute to you for chasing your dreams and goals and actually giving other people possibility. Like, hey, it can happen. Uh, appreciate you too for coming on the podcast. That actually wraps it up for today. The um, is there anything you would like to leave the fans with today? Well, I just want to say, make sure y'all support my little brother Jordan. Support his podcast; he's doing a great work. He's, uh, you know, he's not limiting himself. So, support my my brother's podcast, Jordan Smith. And um, I want to say to the youngsters out there, keep working hard. Your dreams can come true if you wouldn't have put in the time and, and the uh, dedication.